You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. And tonight we're going to look at three resources for rough days. You ever have any rough days? You ever have any tough times? I sure do. Um, and I know we all do. And three resources for the rough days. But I want you to notice something here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 first. Our te- our, we're going to be preaching the last few verses of chapter 2. But look at verse number 6 with me again. I just want to remind you, the people, that these people that Paul's writing to, we find out that they're going through a tough time. The Bible says here in verse 6, he says, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, comma, with joy of the Holy Ghost. I mean, look at that. You received the word in much affliction with joy. So he's saying these people had affliction and joy. Is that possible? Is the only time that we can have joy or happiness is when everything's are just going great? Well, if so, folks, we might be down a lot. And how many of you, have you ever rode the roller coaster of the Christian life? Have you ever been on the roller coaster of life? Uh, and I know ro- life is a roller coaster. It is up and down. Uh, but man, I tell you, there's, there's times that I've, I've done it still, but there come a time in my life to where God helped me just to determine that I wasn't going to ride the roller coaster anymore. Well, I gotta, I'm, I'm still got the ups and downs, but the thing that I changed my mind about and changed my heart about is I'm not going to let the ups and downs determine whether or not I'm joyful. Because whether things are good or not, and I say it a lot, but whether things are good or not, whether I'm good or not, God's always good. Uh, Whether I'm good or not, God's always good. Whether I'm good or not, I mean, listen, He's always in control. My future is bright. Good God. But, But these people, well, that's what we learn here. He said, these people had affliction with joy. You know the way Jesus said it in John 16, 33, He said, in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. (laughs) You know, he says, for I have overcome the world, John 16, 33. So these people were experiencing persecution. They were experiencing affliction. And now I want to say that these people, the direct context is they were going through like actual persecution, affliction. They were going through really, really rough times to understand the context. But I want to say that we can apply it to the fact that even if we, when we have bad days, rough days, we can apply the same principles to that, that we can still be joyful. And I'm not saying oblivious, and I'm not saying we don't hurt, and I'm not saying we don't cry, but man, there's a time that we can say, you know, there's a thing that ought not be in the vocabulary, and it, and it is not in the vocabulary of a, of, a, of a mature Christian, but often something that can creep into our vocabulary is, you know, the question is asked, how you're doing? People seldom really want to know, uh, by the way. But how are you doing? Please don't tell me. Uh, it's just, a, this is just a, 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 a courtesy, a nicery of our society. But, but how are you doing? Well, under the circumstances. Well, the question for the Christian is, well, what are you doing there? You're not supposed to be living under the circumstances. 
We can live above the circumstances. We don't have to be beat down by everything, something bad happens in our life. And one, one, of, the ways, one, of, the, one of the tools, one of the three resources that God gives us, I preached about already, and that's the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God tells us, number one, that we don't have to be surprised about what's going on right now today. We don't have to be surprised that we're going through tough times because God said we would. And on top of all that, you've got, we, we can read right in there the promises of God that He's faithful, He loves us, He cares. And that, that you know, whether we feel like it or not, we're forgiven. That, that we don't have to live by feeling. We can live by the fact of the Word of God. I've been preaching about that a lot here lately, about the Word of God. I've been preaching about it uh, extensively lately, but not exhaustively. Uh, I've not exhausted the subject of the Word of God. I'm just uh, giving up for now and moving on, all right? Uh, because there, to, to, there's much more that can be said about the power and the impact of the Word of God. So we, we've got the resource of God's Word that means everything uh, in our lives and in these last days. Now, again, in, in the context of persecution, I know that most of us haven't seen real persecution in America, uh, in our personal lives. And, and there's been some instances, now don't misunderstand me, there have been some instances, uh, but I, I remember years ago I told you all about this. Man, I worked with this dude, uh, I, I worked with this dude, but before I worked with this dude, I went to church with this dude. And, uh, and just because he's a Christian that lived right didn't mean he wasn't lazy, all right? And he was lazy, man, and he would do just the bare minimum and it was one of these jobs that required you to, you, and some of you have been on jobs like this, perhaps, I know I have, that required forklift uh, work some of the time. But he's one of those dudes that figured out how to just stay on that forklift all the time, you know. Hey, you know, Joey, you could get down and we got some other stuff. Well, I was going to drive over here and do this and that. Didn't want to get his big rear end off of that forklift, you know. Uh, well, he starts getting in trouble. And people start fussing at him. And you know, well, I'm being persecuted for Christ. Y'all pray for me. They're giving me a hard time down at work. It ain't because you're a Christian. It's because you're a big, lazy bum. Right? And so that's not persecution, okay, uh, for being a Christian. And I hope he's listening right now. Um, <laughs> I say that because I would be happy to tease him. And, uh, but uh, the, but the, the, here's the thing, though. Uh, we have some resources, okay? Now, um, I want to say in terms of, of persecution, okay? Um, we know that according to the Word of God, that there's going to be a time when all nations turn from God. And by the way, our nation has turned from God as far as leadership and all that. But we've got a godly remnant in our nation, and our nation still has the foundational roots of the Word of God and of spiritual truth. But the Bible lets us know that eventually every nation is going to fall away. And persecution is going to be rampant in America and elsewhere. And by the way, elsewhere it's already there. Um, and so, but, but here's, I'll just, I'll just give you what I got here because that way I'm up because I've got some of this stuff down. I want to give you what I got. Okay. Think about this. What is the basis, what is the basis of the things that stand in the way of the woke why has it got to be woke? Why can't they use good English or something? But what is the basis for the things that, that stand in the way of the woke Marxist agenda? And by the way, this Mar Marxist agenda has been at work in our country for longer than I've been alive. Much longer than I've been alive. But 
It's really been bearing fruit over the day. But what's the basis of this stuff? For instance, you say, preacher, here you are. This, that, we're, ain't, this ain't, we're not talking politics, are we? I don't know what we're talking, but I'll tell you what, I do know what we're talking. We're talking this. What stands in, one of the things that stands in the way of this agenda is absolute objective truth. This is truth. This is what the Word of God says. By the way, this is true in science. This is true in, 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 you know, across the board. Truth, absolute truth stands in the way of the, the, that, the spirit of Antichrist. And I'm just telling you that I believe that, that the Marxist agenda is absolutely a part of the spirit of Antichrist that the Bible speaks about. Absolute objective truth, the nuclear family, uh, the, the husband, wife, and children being in the home together. That's a target. That's against their objective. What's the basis of absolute truth? What's the basis of the nuclear family? See Genesis. Amen. God created man and woman, gave them a family. You see? What's the basis of it? Uh, what's the basis, if you will, of identity? Uh, what is the basis of parental authority? What is the basis of, let's see, what's the basis of freedom of speech, limited government. These are all biblical principles. Our founding documents which state that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It began to dawn on me a number of years ago that I began to think about all the things that they began to attack. You know, because living down south, they started attacking some things in the south and some things that, you know, could have been addressed. But a lot of it's, uh, you know, Robert, Lee, Robert A. Lee didn't own slaves, okay? Uh, he didn't have any slaves. Abraham Lincoln had slaves. Robert E. Lee didn't. Uh, but, but I, and I'm not trying to defend, but I'm just saying, why you got to tear a statue down? Like, what's offensive about that, you know? Um, but, then, but even back when it started then, I'm like, well, wait a second. I remember thinking this long before it happened. Well, Jefferson had slaves, Washington had slaves, and I'm like, eventually they're going to be attacking those guys. And then I said, man, but by the way, they, they, they put within their documents and even with their writing the, the means by which, how many of you know slavery was not an American, it was an American problem, but it wasn't exclusively an American problem. You want to know what slavery was? A worldwide problem. Do you know what uh, Lewis and Clark found when they got into this, this part of the world years ago? They found, they found Indian tribes enslaving other Indian tribes. Who taught them that? It's just the sinful nature. It was a problem of the world. Uh, America came in on the tail end of that, but America is the only country that put things within its founding document to where everybody that came after that could be free. And so... Uh, but, but the point I'm just simply trying to make is that I, I started thinking, man, and eventually they're going to have to attack, and you just see what's happened. They're going to attack the founding documents. But wait, what are the founding documents based on? The founding documents are based on biblical truth. So what ultimately stands in the way of the woke Marxist and, and, and whatever it is, that's just a part of the spirit of Antichrist, folks, is truly the Word of God. It's truly Christians who believe the Word. Now, some of those principles, and I'll just give you a couple examples, uh, that just to give you an idea where we are in our country today, for some of the principles for which Scott Smith stood when he was arrested at a school board, school board meeting in, in Loden County, Virginia, 
Some of you know the story, but uh, the National School Board Association suggested in a letter to the White House that he should be treated as a domestic terrorist. He was arrested in a school board meeting and then asked that he should be treated as a domestic terrorist. Now, what was his crime? His crime was that he should be treated, arrested and treated like a domestic terrorist uh, was that his daughter went into a girl's bathroom, his teenage daughter went into a girl's bathroom in her school and she came upon a 14-year-old male in a skirt. So apparently he has a right to be in this bathroom also. The only problem is he then proceeds to rape her. Okay? The school board comes, she, she comes home, tells them what happened. Uh, they report it to the police. But the school board says, hey, don't say, don't give any interviews. Don't talk anything about this or it'll hurt your daughter's case. So they kept quiet until they heard that there was another school in the district that, oh my gosh, another girl was sexually assaulted. What happened there? Oh, well, they just transferred the 14-year-old in a skirt to the other school to where he then proceeded to drag another girl into an empty classroom and assault her. Who's the problem in this scenario? The dad that shows up to the school board meeting, the dad of the first girl, that's demanding justice. That's demanding something be done about this. He's the guy that they wanted to label as a domestic terrorist. In the same state of Virginia, you know, you'll be familiar, there were, there were a number of parents that were getting together when they started hearing the racial, the, the racist teaching of CRT, which again, it's just a Marxist ideal, and it's just anti-God, because uh, it says, you know, it, it's just totally racist. But when they heard this, was they said, we do not want this taught in our school district. We do not want our children hearing about this. And they, they stated that publicly and very boldly. And as a result of that, the, uh, once again, the National School Board Association sent a letter to the attorney, attorney General of the United States of America, Merrick Garland, whom then sent a memo directing the FBI to mobilize in support of local education officials. Counterterrorism measures were taken against these parents by the Department of Justice of the United States of America. You say, well, what's that got to do with us? Again, what, what were they standing for? This is a man that's saying, this dude has no business being in a, a, a girl's bathroom, for one thing. And for one of the things that Jesus said, that there was going to be lawlessness in the last days. And basically the principle, the, the teaching of CRT is totally against the Word of God. And the Word of God stands in the way of that. The truth of God, the people of God. And it was over that, them standing for that truth, that got the Department of Justice involved. And, 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 got, and, and now, eventually, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Attorney General tried to walk some of these things back. But the fact of the matter is, they were taking counterterrorism measures and that the, the, the National School Board Association was saying, these people are terrorists. What did they do? They said, we, they just said, we do not want this racist, anti-God teaching going on in the schools where our children are being educated. So, because why? It's another principle. The government often makes many claims. The government take, makes many of the claims that God makes. Did you know that? The government will take care of you. 
They'll take care of you financially. You ju just trust them. You don't have to ask any questions. Just trust us. We're going to take care of you. Well, that's what God says he'll do. And it's, it's this thing of trying to supplant uh, God as the one in control. But here's the problem. You know, you, you think about this? <laughs> the Department of Justice, the Attorney General of the United States, getting in touch with district attorneys across the, uh, across the United States and, and preparing them to mobilize and prosecute these terrorists, these, these domestic terrorists. What did the same Department of Justice do when Antifa was uh, burning streets and looting businesses and, and doing violence in the streets of America? What were they doing then? Nothing. In, in many cases, the, the administration was applauding them for all of this. Now, you say, preacher, that sounds awfully uh, political there. No, I'm just trying to tell you, I'm trying to get you, what is the basis of these things that people in America are standing for? What is the, where do they get this absolute truth? That, no, 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 no. You know, someone's not at a disadvantage. Someone's not hopelessly, uh, you know, e eternally down because of the color of their skin. And somebody's not racist because of the color of their skin. No, we, we, we're not judging people on the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. But uh, where do they get all that? Folks, it comes back to the Word of God. And, and, and you know, and, and, and there's even a version today in the United States of America... Uh, there's a version of Ch uh, uh, Ch uh, China's communist social scoring system. And I'm not going to go into all that tonight, don't worry, but, 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 it's, but, but there's, a, there's, a, there's a version of this China's social scoring system at work in the United States called the Environmental, Social, and Government Scoring System. Right now it's just for public companies, and, but it's a huge deal. Now, all, I, I just said all that for one reason. Just to let you know that there are people in the United States of America that are in high places that look at us as the problem. And, more, and greater than that, they look at this Bible as the problem. And, and, and so it's saying all that just to say that, folks, um, there's an agenda that we need to stand against. And by the grace of God, we have the opportunity to stand and push against the spirit of Antichrist. But, this, but eventually, eventually, there's going to come a generation, and I don't believe it's ours, but there's going to come a generation that no longer can push back against that spirit of Antichrist and is going to be overwhelmed by it. I don't believe it's our generation. We still have the opportunity to vote. We still have the opportunity to stand for the truth. We still have the opportunity to communicate the Word of God. And I'm telling you, what happens is, I believe that we are going to make a difference in our generation. I believe we are going to make a difference, speaking up again, ballot box and otherwise, that we are going to make a difference, that we are going to take a stand. We've got some people that are really trying to make a difference in our country for the glory of God. And there's a lot of us too, by the way. But... Ultimately, there's going to come a time when the world gets sick and tired of it. And in Psalm 2, there's an interesting principle there. In Psalm 2, verses 2 through 3, the Bible says, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. The greater context of that is, refers to Armageddon. 
But there's still an application to us today to the, the attitude. Let us break their, their bands and let us, uh, what, what, what was the exact phrasing there? Let us uh, break their bands asunder and cast their cords away from us. What are these bands and cords doing? They're restraining. They're holding back. They're pushing back. They're saying no. But finally they're going to say, we need to break these. We need to be done with all this. And I'm telling you, that's what we see happening in our country today. So whether it's just you going through a tough time or even the potential of one day us actually seeing some level of persecution in our country, um, there's three resources for the last days. The first one is, or for rough days, one is God's Word within us. I said that one already. But then also God's people around us. Look at verses 14 through 16 of First Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 14 through 16. All right, the Bible says, the Bible says, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. So you've been through persecution. Your brothers, your countrymen were through persecution. Verse 15, Who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sin alway, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Uh, wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. So the very first thing is we've got the Word of God within us. We've got the Word of God before us. But then also we have God's people around us. He's like, you're going through the same thing that somebody else is going through. Now again, he's talking about persecution here. But let me tell you something. How many of you know that when hard times come, we, it's real easy for us to isolate? Also, it's really easy for us to become very self-focused and a little or a lot self-centered. If things are going... You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm having a hard time. And what do you see? I'm having a hard time. That's just always before you. And if you're not careful, you forget... And you come to church, and you think, geez, these people seem happy. I must be the only one even going through a hard time. Everybody else must be doing well. Everybody else's life must just be perfect. It's like, No. Don't forget that you got your brothers, amen? And so we, we, we aren't, and you are not the only one having a bad day. You're not the only one going through tough times. You're not the only one, listen, that's getting discouraged. You're not the only one that pulled in here on fumes tonight, spiritually speaking. We all have those. We all have those seasons. And so do, be sure that we avail ourselves. One of the resources that God gives us is God's people around us. God's word within us, God's people around us. I mean, listen, let be encouraged by the people around you. Understand that you can be open, you can be honest, you can get help. You can say, and but listen, remember what I said about getting self-centered? You need to remember something. You might also be to need to think about helping that person beside you. Because you might not think they're going through as, something bad as what you are, but they are. Maybe pray for them. Maybe say, hey, I really want to know how you're doing. I'm not, just, I'm not just, hey, how's it going, man? I really want to say, hey, 
Seriously, how's it going? Oh, fine, fine. I did this with somebody that I care about just not too long ago. Yeah, I'm good. And I'm like, oh, really? How are you? Well, oh, and then I think, I think what I proceeded to do was to say, well, man, I'm, I'm glad. I was like, I said, I'm kind of going through a tough time right now. Feeling a little bit discouraged, and I just opened up a little bit. I didn't go on a long, long thing because it ain't all about me. Uh, there's times that's good, but I tried to keep it, you know, I'm going through a tough time. Uh, and then this person said to me, I'm so glad you said that because if I'm going to be honest with you, I'm seriously having a tough time right now myself. And because we, I, I, I talked about it already that, that one, of the greatest, one of the greatest acts of faith that we can do in the Christian walk is to be rejoicing people, happy people, people of joy. That they were, what, what happened? They were persecuted, they had tribulation, and they had great joy. They, they can go together. They can go together and say, man, but God's good. And you want to know one of the greatest times that that, that, that uh, joy can be manifested? When we're with each other. Hey, it's kind of nice to come in and sing when I'm having a tough time and be reminded I've got a mansion over the hilltop. Kind of nice. Kind of nice when I've got, when I see somebody and I see a brother and sister and, and, and I know they're praying for me. And, uh, and, I, and I know they care about me. And I'm not going through this thing alone. Kind of nice. So, the, the resources God gives us, He gives us His Word within us, He gives people around us. Um, and, and I'll just add something real quickly here, just as we're passing by, um, that He talks here about the, that, about the people, how that these people were suffering persecution of their own countrymen, but they said they, that, that they also suffered persecution from the Jews. And it talks about how the Jews killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets. Uh, this is a statement of fact. The nation of Israel killed the prophets. They killed Jesus when he came. That, that, that's well clarified. But what that does not give any excuse to do, always watch for this. Don't give an, don't give an anti-Semitic person any attention of yours. If you're listening to some preacher or some teacher and all of a sudden they go into all this Jew-hating business, uh, don't have any part of that because that's not of God. But there's some people that base this, oh, the Jews killed Jesus. The Romans kind of had a part in that too. And ultimately, you know, you know who had the biggest part of killing Jesus? Me. Because it was my sins that put him on the cross. So, and, and, and I will say, so just, I'm just putting that out there. That, that, and some of you know what I'm talking about, some of you have no clue. But I'm just saying that there's people out there that can get anti-Semitic against the Jews. And what happens, it's easier when your doctrine about the Jews is wrong. And when your doctrine about God's promises and, God, and, and the, the, the Davidic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant and so forth, when you're, when you're off on those things. Because God did promise to restore the nation of Israel. But there's a large group of people, it's a very, very popular teaching right now, replacement theology. That God's done with the Jews and now we're the modern Jews and we've inherited all the promises. Not so. Not so. We're the church and the nation of Israel. And, and by the way, Jewish people that are saved make up the church also. But as far as the nation of Israel, God has a promise still for those people that will happen. Uh, but I was just saying that some people that, that believe that theology, it makes it a little bit easier for them to hate the Jews. Because they say, you know what? God's done with the Jews and so are we. And the Jews are the root of all evil and whatever else. Uh, the Jews aren't just some innocent uh, nation of people or anything like that. But I'm saying that there's still God's promised people. 
So we have God's word, uh, God's word within us. We have God's people around us. And then the very last thing tonight is we have God's glory before us. Don't ever forget it. Look at verse 17. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, and once again, but Satan hindered us. That's interesting. That word hinder, there's a word picture that kind of goes with it. And it talks about breaking up the road and putting up obstacles. Uh, that's the word picture. They would hinder and advance an army. But he's saying, Satan, man, just put up obstacles and we couldn't get back. Ain't that interesting? I wanted to get back there, but man, Satan messed things up. Now, we don't go around blaming Satan a whole lot for things. I think because some people go way overboard with it. You know, you know walk through the house, something, oh, Satan, no, oh, he got me again. Satan don't care about your big toe. I mean, come on. Uh, and, you know, and you get into some of that charismatic crowd, and I swear there'll be a devil out behind every one of them bushes when you leave here tonight. Uh, they get overboard with some of that stuff. But he did say Satan hindered us there. We, we, we are encountering spiritual warfare and all this stuff. But he continues. Uh, notice what he says there, verse 19. For what is our hope? Somebody give me a good, uh, good definition for the word hope from a biblical standpoint. Amen. That's exactly what I say. And there's other ways that it can be phrased. Confident assurance. It's not, man, I hope the car starts tonight. No, 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 no. Get you a Ford F-150. I hope it starts tonight. That means I know it's going to start up, son. Uh, right? I've got, I've, I've got, I know, no, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot more confidence than you'd have in a Ford F-150. It literally, it's, hope is confident assurance. I have hope. Here's what he's saying. I'm talking about three resources to get you through rough days. The Word of God within us, the people of God around us, and then the glory of God that waits us. This hope that we have. It's not a, well, I sure do hope it gets better one day. I'm glad that I can look, I can look any child of God just square dead in the eyeballs, and I can tell them there's a brighter day coming. There's a brighter day coming, amen? And it, it might not be on this side, I don't know, but there's a brighter day coming got hope for the future hope as in confident assurance he says for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing this is interesting are not even ye in the presence of our lord jesus christ that is coming for ye are our glory and joy now let me just pause a second to look at the overriding thing god's glory before something to get you through the rough days hey man this ain't it this this ain't the end of it so you ever get discouraged? You ever get kind of beat down? You ever get to where it's like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know. Uh, and I, I've, I've told you that, but I, you know what I try to think of? So here's what I do to myself. I, I do. I just have to talk to myself. You know, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Have you learned to encourage yourself in the Lord? If you hadn't, you're a sad character probably, or you're on the roller coaster. And the only reason you're here or listening is because you must be up on top of circumstances right now, but pretty soon it's going to go down. Hey, learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Hey, did you know you beat yourself down? You're the one that rehearses all these other things in your head. Why not choose to rehearse something scriptural and of God's Word in your head instead? So, so, so when I'm rehearsing in my head how bad things are, and not, you know, it's, a lot of times it ain't just about how bad things are. It's about how bad they're going to be. And I don't even know if they're going to be bad or not, but I'm sure they're going to be. And I'm just thinking about, oh, what if this happens? 
that happens. I can only think one thought at a time. I'm not encouraging myself right now, okay? And I'm just starting to think about that stuff. I've got to stop. But, but somewhere along the line, chain, I just say to myself, ah, but man, but at least I'm saved. You know, at least I'm saved. And, and sometimes it kind of starts off, Eric, more just like, well, at least I'm saved. But then it's just like, wait a second. I kind of felt something right there. I'm saved. Hmm. What's that? What? That means, wow, how did, Lord Jesus, I'm saved. You know, things are kind of rough right now, but, Lord, I sure am glad that you love me. And I sure am glad that, that you put me in a place one day where I could hear about this great love of yours. And I'm glad that, that I got to hear about how that you come, you love me enough to come to this earth, to go to that old rugged cross, to bleed and to die, and that you had the power. Woo! And, and, and now I was just whining, but now I'm getting excited. And then I'm just thinking, and, and I'm glad, Lord, that you brought me to a place. I wasn't going to that church to go to church. I was just going to a funeral. But God, you knew that that was no accident. You got me there so I could hear about you. And I left that church thinking maybe I'd get away from whatever that feeling was, but I didn't get away from that feeling because that feeling was you, Lord, speaking to my heart, calling me and drawing me. And I said, Lord, you made it clear to me. And just with a simple prayer from my heart, Lord, I turned, I saw my sinfulness, I saw my need for you, and I called on you, and Lord, you saved me. And because of that, one day I'm going to heaven. Number one, you're with me right now. Number two, one day I'm going to heaven. Number three, it might be today. Jesus, this might be the day you come. And I could just leave all these problems for the Antichrist. And Biden and Kamala and the rest of them, amen? I can leave it for them. Uh, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, and, and so what am I doing? Pretty soon, I'm looking ahead. Hey, listen, you got a God in heaven. I mean, my goodness. You know what I, here's one of the great things. Now, this comes from the Word of God. But one of the great things that I've learned, <laughs> there's been many times, Danny, I've gotten down, man, going through it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Man, ain't it good you can call on God. I'm glad I ain't got to go to somebody else and, you know, do beads. Whatever else you got to do. I'm glad I can just go straight to God. Oh, God. But, but I'm going through a tough time, Lord, and Lord, I, I really need your help, and oh, God, this is wrong, and that's wrong, and I start rehearsing some of these things, and, uh, and, and then somewhere along the line, I just say, and Lord, I, I just, Lord, will you please get me through this? Lord, will you please help me through this? And I'm talking about looking at God's glory ahead. Man, but I can remember what, what a day it was. I can remember where I was at. I was praying in the church, in the altar at River City Baptist Church in Pierre, South Dakota. And I was just up there praying, and there was just a still, small voice come to my heart said, I already have. I've already seen you through. I, for, from your perspective, you're right in the middle of it. But from my perspective, I see what I'm doing with these things in your life right now, and I've already seen you through. And so now I pray, Lord, I know you've already seen me through. But just give me grace until I get there, amen? And things are bad, but you're good, and I'm bad, but you're good, and on down the line. But I'll uh, say, so, so the glory of God ahead. But look at the glory that he mentioned specifically here. Are ye not, are ye not my 
crown of rejoicing? Are you not my joy and my hope? That's what he says. He says, even ye, are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. You know what Paul was saying? Paul's in prison. Paul's going through a tough time. But he's like, man, I'm blessed for if nothing else that I know that you're going to be in heaven because God let me come and tell you about Jesus. That's what he's saying. The glory that, the Paul's glory that he was looking forward to is, man, one day, me and you together, folks, we're going to be standing in the presence of Jesus. The Lord let me come share the gospel with you. You came to Jesus. And before God one day, before Christ, we're going to rejoice. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, and they that win, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Oh, my friend, listen. May God help us, like Paul, to share the love of Christ with somebody else, to, to, to let them know what Jesus did for them and they can know Him. And then you know what we can be looking forward to? Man, that's something that we've sent, that, that's something that's going on before us in heaven. But that's not going to happen if we just get so, um, what's the word I'm looking for, myopic? Is that nearsighted? Where you just, all you see is this, all the time. All you see is this. No, lift up your eyes. See the promises of God. See the hope of God. Don't let your troubles, don't let your trials, remember the resources you have. You've got the Word of God within. If you don't get it in there, read it, know it, learn it. You've got the people of God around you. You've got the glory of God ahead. These resources, when you're going through the tough times, don't let yourself get all just sunk in. No, open up and let God use you through this because that's what He's trying to do. Win somebody to Christ. Paul, in short, is saying this, don't give up. You ever feel like giving up? I feel like giving up, man. I, I mean, I, I, I do. Not right now at the moment. Uh, Working out sometimes, I feel like giving up, and I think I do. But anyway, uh, but in life, sometimes you feel like you just, I mean, but don't give up. Amen? Remember the Word of God. Remember the people around you. Remember the glory of God that lays ahead. Paul encouraged them, lay hold of the spiritual resources you have in Jesus Christ. The Word of God within you, the people of God around you, and the glory of God before you, you have no need to give up. And you just mark it down, it is always too soon to quit. Always too soon to quit. Always too soon to give up. Well, I sure do appreciate your patience this evening. Let's 